Before we begin, Tiara and I would like to acknowledge that we are currently on the land of the Darug and Gurungai people. Sovereignty was never ceded, and this always was, and always will be, Aboriginal land. Today, I'm joined by your lovely co-host, Varsha. <laughs> and today we have a fun educational episode planned, I don't know. So I'll put it over to Varsha and tell you guys what's going on today. Okay, so in honour of our wonderful, the queen, the absolutely amazing Tiara's birthday on the 1st of December, everyone write this down in your calendars. I better see tons of messages oh coming Lord. in being oh like, happy Lord. birthday, Tiara, you're the best. Um, I'm not joking. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so she's going to be turning 20. And I thought in honour of that, we do 19 lessons that we've learned at 19. Um, I'm still 19, I have a while to turn 20, but Tiara's wise and I thought I would share some lessons I've learned and then Tiara could as well. And yeah, I think we'll just have a little bit of a chit chat throughout this episode. I actually did come up with a check-in question for today though. Okay, like I really thought about this. This is my, this is my most like mm-hmm. exciting episode that we've ever recorded. I've never been this excited. So if you could go back and tell your... 10-year-old self, one piece of advice, Tiara, what would you tell her? I'd either tell her not to overthink so much or I think I'd tell her not to sweat over the small shitty shit. Like, everything gets worse before it gets better, but eventually things get better. So I think I would go back and tell, as as literally as white lie-esque and stupid and tragic and dumb as it sounds, I would be like, babe, it gets better. Like, especially, I'd be like, in the next, like, nine, like, nine to six, uh, seven to nine-ish years, you're going to experience a lot of shit, but it'll get better. And that's so, like, quintessential, but that's what I'd tell her. What would you tell your 10-year-old self, Asha? I think that's really beautiful what you tell yourself. I think I would tell myself, well, like, I think every, I wouldn't change anything that I've experienced, or I think I would change certain things, but I don't think, like, I could go back and tell myself something like, oh, don't worry, everything will be fine. But in 10 years time, I'll probably tell my 19 year old self, oh, don't worry, things will be okay. When you go and tell yourself that, or even if you have a lot of people telling you that in that moment, you're never going to believe it because it's just like, well, how can everything be okay? I'm a mess right now and I'm 10. Or I don't know. I don't think I felt as much of a mess at 10. But oh, I'd, I'd say be yourself. And what I mean by that is like embrace your culture because I definitely pushed aside my Indian culture a lot. And that's something that I wish I had embraced a little bit more. And it's something that I can do now. But yeah, I think I would tell myself to just be really proud of my culture and to take it in strides and just like wear traditional clothing and talk about it and you know not let other people's opinion get the best of me because I think that's something I did yeah that's beautiful and that's also amazing advice and that's something I'll tell my kids your culture is probably it will be it'll probably be weird say for example I went to a predominantly white school Mm, and I didn't I wasn't as in tune now that I look back as I wanted to be and I think that's one thing I'll teach my kids like 
hey, you come from an abundance of culture and beauty and it is your choice to embrace it, but I'll just be like, explore it. You're so lucky. You're so privileged to know your culture and your religion and, you know, where you're from. A lot of people don't have that and a lot of kids don't have the amazing things that you do. So that's definitely something that I would teach my kids. Yeah, and I think I definitely had, like, I had my mum telling me that, you know, culture is so important and, like, Indian culture is so beautiful and everything, but for me, what always stuck out is, like, I remember I went to school, I think I was in year five or year six, and I had taken this Indian curry, and it's, like, it's green, it's called palak paneer, it's like a spinach curry, it tastes amazing, but I remember taking it to school, and somebody was like, are you eating poop? And, like, I just never wanted to take Indian food to school again. Like, it, that scarred me. And and I know it seems like such a small thing, but it isn't because it's just, like, it really hits you in that moment. You're like, oh, my God, this is what people think, and I don't want people to think of me like this. And then I went to a really white high school as well. And, like, my primary school was quite diverse. So if I was getting that kind of shit in primary school, how bad was it going to be in high school? I think always stuck in my mind. Yeah, well... Sucked in, now Coles tries to make a really shitty version of palak paneer and it's not as nice as the real thing. Literally, like my high school was selling butter chicken at the canteen and I was like, so we've gone from a point where I can't bring my own food but then it's like cool if people are selling it and then people are like complaining about Indian spices but now all of you are drinking fucking turmeric lattes. And I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. Also the fact that it's called chai tea. Oh my god, tea tea. As in, oh. <laughs> as if chai doesn't, cha, or chai doesn't mean tea in general. Anyway. Yeah. <sighs> in case you don't know, chai means tea, or cha means tea. So when you're saying chai tea, you're saying tea tea. You're dead ass. You're saying chai. my nickname. You're saying tea tea. <laughs> <laughs> god. Anyone who's listening, like, think about one thing you would tell your younger self. I feel like it's such an important question to, because I think it helps you kind of rationalize the feelings that you feel right now. And be like, what would I tell myself? What would my like 30-year-old self tell my 20-year-old self? That kind of thing. I guess, should we get into the lessons, Tiara? Hell yeah. Would you like to start or shall I start? I think you start. You're the birthday girl. So Uh, lesson number one. I think that there isn't a particular sort of structure, but there are certain types of lessons that we've learnt. Mm. And I think the first thing that I want to start with is love, as, you know, as stupid as that sounds and as cliche as that sounds. I think my first tip or life advice on love would be being without a partner doesn't mean you're without love, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, Because there are plenty, like being single, it is normal, like, and if you haven't had a boyfriend by the time you're 21 then that's fine I think there's a lot of there are a lot of times there were people in quote quote relationships when I was in year six like there's just so much emphasis or there was so much emphasis around having a partner a boyfriend or a girlfriend or someone you could take to you know year six formal with it was there's just so much emphasis on such dumb things and I think growing up that stuck with me because all throughout high school I saw boys and if there was a boy, which it was fine because I have a thing like I'm I'm with a brown dude anyway, but it's, it's sort of like I was always paired with the brown person. And for me, that was fine because I had a thing for brown dudes, but like 
why is it always these social enclaves are kind of created for me if that makes sense no I totally agree one of my friends in high school had that and it sucked like she got teased for it and the boy got bullied for it as well and like they literally never talked they'd probably had one conversation and it was just constantly like oh this person and this person and it was just like they're both brown people they were from different countries as well so it was just like It wasn't even to think of like, oh, they're from the same country, which is still not okay. But people just assumed that they were because they were both brown. And oh my God, the amount of bullying that went on was actually ridiculous. Right. And in personal experience, after a few shitty things happened, I was like, you know what? You don't need a boyfriend. You don't need a girlfriend. You don't need any, you don't need quote, quote, love to feel loved. I think the right person comes at the right time. And it's all fine and dandy for you to be on your own or for you to work through things by yourself, obviously with help, but I think you just need you time before you can even love another person, if that makes sense. So that would be my first lesson. (laughs) I love that. I don't know if I'm going to be able to go off by topic. I'm sorry. I'm just going to mess this up and go so random. (laughs) (laughs) So I've written a list of lessons that I've learned in my notes. Like, I was really excited about this episode, if you can't tell. My first lesson that I wrote was stop striving for happiness, but strive for contentment. And we've touched on this in our happiness and, like, capitalism episode. And what I mean by that is, I think for a long time, I was always like, I just need to be happy, happy, happy. But happiness is an emotion. It is temporary. It's like sadness. It's like anger. It's like excitement. It is something that you will not eternally feel. But I think contentment is something that you can have and you can still have emotions like sadness and anger and excitement and whatever. But at the end of the day, you feel content. And I think what contentment means for you, I think it's a really individual thing at the end of the day. But for me, that means like, It means just accepting a lot of things and being like, I'm okay with this. Kind of just realizing that I don't need to brush aside other emotions to make sure that I achieve contentment. Like, I'm still allowed to be sad and, like, cry and, you know, have really shitty body image days and, you know, just not want to do things and be mad at people. But at the end of the day, I feel a general sense of contentment. And I think that's really changed my entire perspective on life. That's awesome. That is, but that's also very true. Um... I think there's a lot of emphasis on just, you know, just be happy. It's like, but why do I, that, and this is going to sound really stupid and like emo me, but you don't always have to be happy and it's okay to be sad. I think that's something that we need to teach each other more. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. And I feel like even in primary school though, you're, you're always put down if you feel sad. It's like, oh, being sad is the worst thing in the world, but I think there's like just a lot of repression of emotions and I think a lot of that is based in toxic masculinity like when you see a woman crying it's like oh my god here she goes again just like a sobbing mess and you know you kind of have the man being like oh my wife cries all the fucking time like it's just her time of the month you know and it's like no like she has emotions and she feels them and you do too but you just don't let them out because you're told not to Mm, yeah take it away with the next lesson My next lesson is, or more so realisation, that I had last, no, at the beginning, I don't know why, (laughs) my voice weird, went weird for a second, it was October-ish, it was just after lockdown, so like the 5th, I remember the day very well, because it was a a really big day for me, the 15th of October, where I thought, 
Comparing myself to others is so counterproductive. And a lot of the times, especially if you're South Asian, if you're Indian, if you're Sri Lankan, if you're Bangladeshi, if you're Pakistani, it doesn't matter what. A lot of Asians and South Asians can identify that a lot of the comparison is done for you. But considering life's variables, you don't have any idea of the advantages or the disadvantages of a single human being or that contribute to someone else. So comparing yourself to another person is easy to do and sometimes, honestly, it's all you can do because you see what they project into the world and you're like, holy shit, I'm 19, that person is five years younger than me, what am I doing sitting in my bed eating Smith chips? Like, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I think it's just stupid and I still do it so, you know, you know, I'm chatting shit but it's true. I think... A way that I try to handle this conflict or this inner conflict is by, you know, challenging myself to do things and exploring forgiveness and looking as stupid and cocky as this may seem, looking at my own accomplishments and my blessings. So like my family, my friends and all of that. And it just makes me feel better. Yeah. And I don't think that's cocky at all. I feel like we really underestimate ourselves and... You know, even when you're introducing yourself, you're probably not saying everything that you've done, but you're probably downplaying everything. And I can honestly say that I've done that. And maybe that sounds cocky as well. But I think there's kind of like, oh, she's so polite and humble when you're basically putting yourself down. And yeah, I think we have a real way of kind of praising underestimation. Mm, Yeah, 100%. What about you? What's your next lesson, Vashi? So my next lesson, so this is lesson number four, I think is you can do anything, but you cannot do everything. So why is that important? I think all of us, we all want to have like that work-life balance. We want to be able to do all of these things. We want to be able to get that job and this fellowship and that internship and then go out once a week and have a really amazing social life and then also have good family things going and then also be like, oh, I like exercise and I do self-care. And it's just like, You can do so many things, like you have the ability to do those things. Well, like there's a privilege in being able to do a lot of things as well, obviously, but you can do anything, but just not everything. And I think realizing that for me has been good. You're allowed to say no and you should be saying no from time to time. I know that's hard. I totally understand that you feel like you need to say yes, but for me during the pandemic i've realized that i kept thinking that i had so much more time and maybe i did but it got to a point where i literally just didn't have the brain space like i was so drained all the time and i'd be trying to do all of these tasks in between doing other things so i'd be like watching tv for like five minutes and then be like oh i need to reply to this email or i need to go and call this person or i'd literally be eating and i'd be like oh i need to go and do this and i think Just burnout is a real thing and remembering that and realizing that you don't need to do all these things. And I know there's a lot of pressure and like toxic hustle culture and all of that to be like, you need to go and do everything you possibly can because you only live once and you're like 19 now and you have to just live life to the fullest. But like, that's not true because if you burn out at 19, what do you have to give after that? You're just going to be really drained. So I think it's just important to pace yourself and realize that you don't need to do everything and you can't do Mm, everything yeah 100 percent. yeah what's your next lesson tiara 
Oh, what is my next lesson? My next lesson is, and I'm, you're going to think Tiara, you're 19, um, relax, but it, it's true. Uh, like around this age, as soon as you leave high school and you're at second year of uni, this is like peak time where people are like, and I don't know if you can attest to it. Actually, you, maybe you can, maybe you can't because we've had conversations well, about Well, like children before. or something? No. <laughs> oh, okay. It's like, oh, that's a bit young, isn't it? Uh, no. I oh, know that is not what I was talking about. Um, but no one at this age... I know a lot of uh, audience that listens are kind of high school age, like 17 upwards. So, mm. and I hope you guys know this too, especially those that just did HSC this year. No one actually knows what the fuck they're doing. Like, oh, actually, yes. genuinely. Thank you. At around, like, around this time last year, I had just finished my HSC. I was so pumped. I was lucky enough to have opportunities, but I was also like, Tiara, what are you going to do now that you don't need to study? Or what are you going to do that now you have all this free thinking time? And I got to peak example. I went to UNSW at the beginning of this year and I did a degree called International Studies. Didn't really want to do it. I just went and I got a scholarship from the University of Sydney and I deferred it until semester two because I was like, I'm going to go to UNSW and I'm going to experience that uni, see if I like that degree, see if I want to go overseas and learn a language. Did not want to do it. And I eventually went over to UCID. But the entire time, of my, a lot of people were like, all that time that you could have just spent at UCID. Uh. Yeah, no one knows what the hell they're doing. And it's okay to obviously not know what you're doing. And I think we get caught in the whole FOMO aspect of it, whereby LinkedIn, okay, LinkedIn is a contributor to this too, <laughs> right? Because we'll go... LinkedIn is terrifying. It's terrifying. Okay, it's almost worse than Instagram. It's worse than Instagram because it's a, just a continuous flex. And you just feel so, like, shitty because you're like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, why does this person have, like, a fucking six-figure income at the age of 19? I don't know, but mm. it's just... And someone will get an internship at Telstra or some shit and write an English advanced band six style essay that was like, my time at Telstra headquarters when really you got hired for like three months and yeah, you learn valuable skills, but babes, it is not an HSC like mod three essay or whatever the hell. I don't remember, but that's something that I learned at 19 is you know, you don't have to compare yourself to other people and you're not supposed to accomplish all of your goals and no one actually knows what the hell they're doing. <laughs> what about you, Vasha? Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. And I remember thinking that some people had the perfect relationship, like, oh, they're, they have a relationship, they're in university, they have a job and they have their life together. And then you start talking to them and then when you get to know people a little bit better, you're just like, wait a second, like, they have things going on as well. And I think just recognizing that nobody really knows what they're doing helps a lot because, but also, also, there's a few people out there who do know what they're doing and they do have their life planned out and they manage to execute this plan very well. And I'm always a bit surprised, but I think just remembering that that's probably like one in 200,000 people. Mm, yeah. My next lesson, I think this is pretty obvious by now, but mental health really does and has to come first. There are a lot of moments that I look back on and maybe I did get the grades that I wanted or maybe I did get into the degree that I wanted or had the friends that I wanted, but when my mental health isn't good, I'm just not happy and I can't appreciate anything. I don't have the same level of gratitude. 
I'm just not really me and I don't think you're able to take in what you have. I think when you're just in, in such a bad place, everything around you feels a little bit more like, oh, this happened, but then this sucks. And it's kind of like you can't really understand that so much of good actually exists in your life and you're constantly in this just like dark hole where it's like, oh my god, I got into this thing, but then what if I go to uni and then I fail and then I don't meet any friends and you kind of spiral. One thing that my psych has done to help with spiraling, she's told me to put a rubber band on my wrist and I'm supposed to like snap it every time I start to go into a spiral and I have to say it works. Obviously like don't slap it really really hard to the point where it like hurts insanely but it's just a little bit of a reminder and like maybe you don't need to use a rubber band but like whatever works for you. I think just kind of having something that you can pull at or just use as a little like fidget thing. Not a fidget spinner, maybe a fidget spinner, I don't know. But something that can kind of pull you out of that spiral and I guess just really reanalyze your priorities and put mental health first because honestly you can get all the grades that you want you can have all the friends that you want and be in the best relationship but you're not really going to get anything out of it if you're constantly in a bad place and you're not doing anything to actually work on it mm, yeah I think I saw that in an episode of Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated where Velma would make Shaggy oh like snap the elastic band on his wrist and it just made me think of that but that's actually a good idea because I feel like it'd shock me out of my irrationality it does. It, it really does. And it helps a lot. And I didn't think it would. But I think every single time if you're snapping it, every time you have a thought, you it kind of becomes like your mind is slowly weeding off that thought. It's kind of like, oh, get off it, get off it. You can't think about that. And I think that helps a lot. Another thing that I learned this year that kind of took me a while to find my balls, if that is the word, I don't know, find my courage, <laughs> is never let other people speak for you like mm. never like especially when you're not of course there are people like I would let my sisters for example speak for me because they know me and also they have authority so I'll just do whatever they want me to but when it comes to I don't know your mates who you don't feel that opinion is the one that you would express if it pertains to a situation where someone else just dominates and speaks for you without you know giving you sufficient opportunity to speak for yourself or just says the answer for you or assumes for you, you are, like, more than permitted to be like, now nah, piss off, this is what I think. Mm. And I think for a long time I was very under the thumb, not under the thumb, but I was very like, oh, yeah, I'll go along with whatever. And I, I'm still like that in a certain sense with, when it comes to certain people, but I'm also not because I do have an opinion and for so too long I've kept to myself and I'm allowed to speak, so... That's something that I found very important this year and it's a lesson I learned and it's something that you learn progressively It's uh, or at least I find. it's some Because it there are certain situations where by the means of authority you kind of have to listen to certain people like your mum. But other than that, it is something that you learn gradually and you can use your voice because you have it and it's yours. Yeah, and I think with that one, it's almost like you have to have a situation where somebody speaks for you and it's really bad and it hurts you to realize that you need to speak for yourself. Like, I think you almost have to go through that situation to understand why you should speak for yourself. It's almost like your voice has to be taken away from you or at least spoken over for you to finally realize that you have your own, if that makes sense. Totally agree. My next lesson is 
everyone starts where you are and what i mean by that is if you want to start a youtube channel if you want to post on instagram if you want to start a podcast if you want to write do a certain job every single person is sort of where you are or, or some people have generational wealth and like family ties but most people start where you are and they don't have this amazing leap right like let's take my favorite my bestie my absolute love emma chamberlain okay i know she has white privilege pretty privilege skinny privilege all of that but just in terms of starting a youtube channel she she started with zero subscribers at one point and now she's gotten her way up and like i think even with this podcast like honestly i would never have thought anyone would listen to it and i know that we don't have millions of followers or anything anywhere near that but just the fact like everyone starts where you are everyone starts with zero followers everyone starts with no knowledge and like it's something that you have to learn and that's okay i think it can kind of feel like oh well i've been doing this thing for like five months and nobody really listens and i haven't really gotten any praise so maybe i should just stop doing it but kind of recognizing that over time it will happen and just allowing the process to do its thing like stop feeling like you need to have control over every second of it because you're just not. Life happens, things come up, you might need to delay certain things, you might need to do things earlier, you just don't know. But like, just go for it instead of being like, oh, I'm, it's just not going to work out. People are going to judge me. Because honestly, like, things that I would think are cringy to do, I really admire other people doing it. So now I've kind of, I'm trying to change my mindset and the fact like, oh, if I want to do that thing, and I think it's cringy, but if I saw another person doing it, I would be like, wow, I just, like, I love that they're going for it. So, like, why am I not? And, yeah, just trying to work on that myself. But I think it's important. Mm, yeah, that's so true. Off to you. Lesson number nine, Tiara. Lesson number nine is learning to stand up for yourself is critical in the workplace, but especially in relationships, because it's important in every aspect. And sometimes where you work is a place that you can't survive in or that you can't bear and sometimes you are in a relationship that you can't breathe in or you can't manage so it's so important to be like you know what I'm gonna speak up about something even if it's of something mild that is really really not in the grand scheme of things not as big and impactful it's if it's something to get off your chest more than welcome to stand up for yourself and I know it may not feel mm. like that for some people but it is just so essential to stand up for yourself and it also shows how much you respect yourself and value yourself I agree and I think we also touched in last week's episode that sometimes it's best not to say anything or like there's a time and place but then a lot of the other times you probably do have the space but you're just feeling like you can't speak up but you totally can and just remembering that you have that power lesson number 10 i think i hope we're doing the right numbers somebody's gonna be counting and be like they've only done three lessons what about <laughs> um that's fine though i think this is lesson number 10 and mine is sometimes you don't have to listen to people even though you trust these people the most so what I mean by that is there are going to be people in your life who might be your mentors, they might be your parents, they might just have some level of authority over you, or you might just have like a really special relationship with them, but you're not always going to be able to trust what they say. You're not always going to be able to take on what they say because sometimes you just, you want to do your own thing and that's completely okay. I think for me, 
the biggest example is kind of doing things like Q&A, getting into climate advocacy, any of those things. I don't think a lot of the people I would have gone to generally for advice on it to like go and speak at a protest or anything. I don't know if they would have said yes. I don't know if they would have been like, yeah, I believe you can do that. And there might be a lot of reasons as they say that, like safety, etc. But at the end of the day, just try it out. And honestly, if it turns out bad, it's one thing that's turned out bad and you never have to do it again. And that's kind of it. But just like go for it and yeah, you just, you don't always need to listen to these people. And I think trusting your intuition is so important. A hundred percent. I really identify with that in the sense that sometimes you just have to trust your gut. Mm. Another lesson that I've learned is to embrace the pitfalls and embrace the failure and embrace Embrace the times where things that you will to happen don't happen or they've backfired on you. Oh, I like that. I think this, I think, right, like, it's really, like, dumb to say, I hate when shit happens, this is such an inconvenience, but it's, it's, it's not. Everything happens for a reason. Once again, really cliche. No, I think that's so true that and I like I genuinely have so much of belief in that. And anything anytime anything turns out wrong for me, I always tell myself like everything happens for a reason and I can literally put everything that has happened in my life so far. I know that I'm only nineteen, like I'm talking like I'm eighty and have all this wisdom, but like genuinely everything that's happened in my life that has not been right at the time, it's happened for a reason. Yeah, literally. Embracing failure is a part of life. Actually, failure is a part of life, so you might as well embrace it. One thing that I always refer back to, even though I don't like her now because she's kind of homophobic, actually very homophobic, is how J.K. Rowling submitted like various copies of Harry Potter to uh, like a myriad of publishing um, networks and people and they were like, Mm. nope, we don't believe it. And I was like, uh, but I love Harry Potter now, but the woman who created it is just problematic. Turf, turf, turf. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, literally. So, <laughs> so without, with the exception of J.K. Rowling, there are so many people who have embraced failure and have taken it as a lesson, applied it, and learned from it. And I think that's very applicable to everyone, not just famous people, because, yeah, they're real people too, but so are you. And you can use whatever setbacks or quote quote failures that you may have experienced to build things for yourself yeah and also just realizing you're gonna get rejected a lot in anything you're gonna get rejected several times I remember the day that I got my ATAR so which is like that final number that you get at the end of school so you get your like raw marks in the morning or well they're scaled but they're not like calculated together to get that final number it's just per subject And I like put them in this calculator that tries and gets that final number and it said a certain number and then I went to school and I told one of my teachers and I was like obviously that's never going to happen because like I didn't I was like the calculator's just fucked like that's not going to happen and that teacher was like yeah you won't get that and like they meant to be nice about it and this was a teacher that I was quite close to but you know it like it does sting a little bit um but then I ended up getting like higher than what they said that I would get and I was like well you know what fuck you (laughs) just that little part of me was like well you were wrong weren't you you said I wouldn't get anywhere near that and look where we are um so yeah just like knowing that 
we all we all get rejected even when we're like on the path to like doing well and like achieving what we want people are going to tell you that you're not going to get what you want but you really can yeah that's a lesson in itself yeah yeah have we just done two (laughs) (laughs) i think we're up to 12 or 14 i don't even know at this point look we're just gonna yeah my next lesson was coffee is great and i know this might sound stupid it is stupid but I spent 19 years of my life hating on coffee, telling people off for drinking coffee, and now I have one every day. And it's just like, it's the best thing in the world. It makes me so happy. It gives me energy. Obviously, I do other things to get energy as well, like eat and sleep, but it's just beautiful, and I really love coffee. And if you're a coffee hater, it's going to change one day, and that's probably going to happen when you're in uni. If you've made it past uni without coffee, then I really admire you, but... I have not, and I love coffee now, so yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I'm not a coffee person yet, but I think I will be soon enough. Manai lesson, Manai? Manai. My next lesson (laughs) is that you are you. (laughs) I was just waiting for Marsha to, like, freak out at that awkward silence. Um, no, no, I was just thinking, like, Joe from you came into my mind, and I was like, oh my you, god. You. You. Well, I, I, like, back. that re- really freaky voice he puts on whenever he sees a woman that is nice to him, and he's like, do you love me? <laughs> I'm just doing this for your good. Like, I did shut all up, Joe. for you. And I did all of this for you. Well, as he buries a woman in the backyard. Like, Literally, yes. What are they gonna... Oh, okay, anyway. Uh, don't compare. The whole point of that was... You know that thing that I was told this in swimming lessons when I was like, I mean, I can't swim properly now, so maybe the lessons were for naught, but <laughs> when I was about nine years old and at Holsworthy swimming lessons, uh, shout out to people that still live in Holsworthy and listen to us, bless, I miss you guys, but um, I remember my swimming teacher, she told me not to look at the other people that are swimming next to me or in the lane next to me because it'll slow me down and I'll lose my breath. Um <gasps> And that is so true. Like, that's that's applicable. Um, yeah. My thing is don't star praise or stargaze. If, is that the word? I don't think that's the Oh, I love term. that. I think it's stargaze, yeah. I think it is. Into other people's projections or life or whatever they project onto social media because life isn't like that and that's something that I've learned. You can kind of put it as don't compare yourself to others, but it's not. It's more so that longing aspect whereby you're like, oh, this person has a perfect relationship. This person has a cute-ass child. Yeah, that may be true, but you don't know what happens behind closed doors and you don't know what their life is really like. And you're minimizing your blessings by comparing it to other people and by forgetting what you have. So something that I've learned is to sort of of course you can admire your friends and your family and other people, but to sort of stay in your lane and focus on your own goals and whoever you is incorporated into your vision or your broader future. Yeah, no, I agree. And I love that analogy of like, it slows you down. It really does because think about all the time that you've probably spent stalking someone's Instagram and being like, oh, they do this and they do that. When you could be resting, you could just be appreciating what you have. And I know that's very cliche, but it is true. My next lesson, I literally, I don't know what's happening to me today. I literally just had it in my brain and it's gone. Just give me a sec. I'm so sorry. No, no, it's fine. Oh, okay. So my next lesson, I think this is lesson 14. 
So lesson 14 is class and status are very real things and they really do affect you. So the way I learned this is after, so like, I guess we all have that phase or a lot of us have that phase in our lives where, you know, we're not really recognized, where nobody really cares about us or we kind of feel like that, I guess, because we haven't done anything to prove ourselves like what are you worthy of and I think for some people you know you're born with pretty privilege or you're born with thin privilege or you're born with a certain level of status maybe that's generational wealth or your daddy's a freaking politician I don't know what it is but a lot of us are born with status and a lot of us aren't and I think being a person of color generally you are not born with status in an environment that is predominantly white and it was only after I did certain things that I felt like I had status, that I felt like I had people talking to me all of a sudden because, oh my god, she's not just like a, a brown girl, like she's not just one of the few brown girls that exist, but she actually like does things. Like she's, she's one of us. She's human. And it really made me realize that people will come and talk to you. People will come and say really nice things after you achieve a certain thing after you you know you pass the test that they want you to that they're kind of waiting for you to they spend years just kind of watching you a little bit they don't pay too much attention but then you do something and they're like oh now we talked to her now we're nice to her and there are always going to be people like that and I think even going into uni I realized that like masses of wealth is a real thing like people do have that and that does create status and that does create power and I think for a long time I was like, oh, that's not a real thing. That was only in the 1800s or whatever. And this might sound completely stupid and just oblivious on my end. But yeah, I think recognizing that really helped me stop putting the blame on myself a lot of the time for not getting opportunities and stuff. Mm, and that's true. Sometimes you seem to put a lot of the blame on yourself when in reality a lot of it, and unfortunately this is like you were saying before, that's, it's true that a lot of it, it's just circumstance and the way things work out and it's shitty mm. and it's not fair. But I think when it comes to that, one thing that you should kind of learn to practice and reassure yourself is that um, you're strong. None of this is really your doing and you can always work your way out of it. Agreed. Mm. This is something that I... Mm. <laughs> is it bad that I learned it from the amount of beauty YouTubers that just gave shitty apologies? <laughs> James Charles, we're looking at James you. James Charles, Jeffrey, no, Jeffrey Star, I'm looking at you, Dramageddon, hello. But basically, I, I give the beauty guru YouTube world analogy because all every single thing I've ever heard from an apology video and I don't listen to or watch YouTubers as much but it's literally excuse 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 half 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 apology excuse 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 so my biggest piece of advice to those people to every actually no to those people to everyone don't make excuses just apologize and mean your apology people don't do are, it again yeah. yeah and don't do it again exactly people who are immature they don't take responsibilities for their actions, even if it hurts people. And I don't care if you didn't intend to hurt someone. I don't care if there wasn't any malicious intent behind it. Your rhetoric and what you said, it still hurt people. So you should really, when you are apologizing, reflect and take time to apologize and genuinely mean it. Making excuses and moving on is not the way. No one wants to hear excuses. 
people just want to know what happened again. And a part of that is an apology, a sincere apology. And that is something that people need to learn. And myself especially, it's a process once again, but learning how to apologize and saying, I'll never do it again and acting on those words is very important. So that's one lesson that I learned at 19 from myself and from others, that apologies really do matter and they do stick with people just as much as the actions do. Totally agree. And this is so tangential, but I'm, I started watching Selling Sunset two days ago and I'm on season three already. And Christine in Selling Sunset, if any of you watch the show, you will know what I'm talking about. But essentially she says really mean things that are just not okay and then she'll go and apologize and be like I like reflected last night on what I said and I totally agree that I was at a lie but then she'll go and do the same thing and everyone's like lady I can't keep taking your apologies if you're just gonna do the same thing so yeah just just to yeah I don't know um my next lesson I think this is lesson 16 is sometimes it is not you and it's them and what I mean by that is I think I spent a lot of my time blaming myself for a lot of things, for not, you know, getting a book deal, for not (laughs) freaking going to space, for not doing this or not doing that. But a lot of the times you don't have power over these things. A lot of the times the system is corrupt. And a lot of the times it's really them. Like if, if you didn't get a certain job, if you didn't, if a boy you like or a girl you like or a person you like doesn't like you back sometimes it is just them and it's not you you haven't done anything wrong and I think realizing that is really really important because I just spent such a long time blaming myself for not getting certain opportunities and not getting certain things but at the end of the day a lot of it does come down to things like race and a lot of it does come down to things like gender and sometimes yeah maybe you're not the right fit but then other times it really is on them and not on you Mm, yeah I don't know if you felt this as well Vasha but I keep talking about post-HSC life but it's so relevant now because I'm seeing all these year 12s or ex-year 12 at at schoolies and I'm like wait what the hell that was me last year I'm not I didn't go to schoolies because of COVID and I wasn't allowed (laughs) but um it's kind of like and once again we're both 19 year olds with like three or four cute life experiences telling you guys 19 lessons we learned at 19 but the older we get the faster life goes by like dead set I remember just after that three month break that you get after year 12 it was just like boom 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 got a job got a social life, all of this money, but like it just started, it happened so quickly, like life advanced so quickly and things started happening and it was so chaotic. And I was like, wow, the older I got, like sort of the more time passed, the faster life went for me and the more that started happening. I don't know if it was like that for you, Vasha, but that's how I felt and it was crazy. No, I totally get that. Um, I remember I finished HSC and like those holidays were probably the busiest holidays of my life because I think I had this idea that I would have a lot of freedom and could do anything and in a sense I did but I was also just so tired like all the time because I was just doing so much. I think there's also just a level of responsibility that increases after HSC and I think if you're in a privileged position like I definitely had a lot of things done for me and I definitely still do living at home and everything but after HSE, like things do ramp up because you're just getting a bit older 
and you know you'll probably have a little bit more of a stable job perhaps or I think university and things like that or you might be doing an apprenticeship anything um it, at the end of the day you're you're kind of like an adult you are an adult so yeah I totally get that <laughs> I didn't even say a lesson I was just responding to you huh I was just responding to you I didn't say a lesson I think that ties really well into what I was saying. It, it, it was so it was much more well articulated than what I said. Like, it just it it's just like that sometimes. It just is. It do be like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, lesson eighteen. This is my last one. Um, I feel like I need to really go out with a bang, but I <laughs> I finished exams today, and honestly, my brain my brain isn't isn't on it. I don't know, this might be controversial, but my take is that best friends are really overrated. And what I mean by this is, I think in movies and in TV shows and all of that, we see like, especially women, I think, or even men, actually, and they'll have like one best friend and they're like, they're my everything. And, you know, like, I only tell them these things, blah, 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 blah. And then they might have a partner as well. And they kind of alternate between the best friend and the partner to kind of bitch about each other to tell all their like life woes and all of that. And I just think that is really overrated. And I like don't think anyone needs that because I went through a period of time where I wasn't really close to anyone. Like I was kind of just doing my own thing. And I, it didn't happen on purpose. I wasn't like, I just don't want to be like really close with anyone. No, it kind of just happened because it did. And at that time I was like, oh, I just like need a best friend because I think like throughout my life I've probably, there's been parts where I haven't, but I've generally had that. There's always been like a constant friendship or something. And when I didn't, I really learned the value of self-sufficiency and the value of not having one person who you dump everything onto. And I think that's really, really important. And I think when you're constantly relying on one person, that's an issue. And I feel like you can have best friends and that's with an S. And like, I definitely do have those, but I don't think you can have a best friend. I don't know. What's your take on that, Tiara? I think there are people that you will be closer to than others. Like I can confidently yeah. say that my cousin Sashka is someone that I like, like, I grew up with her, right? Like, she's my cousin. Mm. She's my person. She, there's no one else that could replace her. She's one of my best friends. But I also have a few, including you, who, who is someone that I, ve like, value so, so much and that I love so, so much and would do anything for. Like, she's one of those people. And I think I think you're right. Yeah, I think that is nothing has, like, in primary school at least, no, she's my best friend. Yeah, yeah literally, like, you're all fighting like, over up. that one girl. And it's just, like, calm down. Like, you're gonna need to have so many friends throughout your life because like I think we all have like an emotional threshold as well to like take mm, other yeah. people's stuff and it's like if mm. you have one person constantly relying on you it's not fun so if you're relying on another person constantly they're not going to sustain in this friendship literally Ex exactly um I'll let you take it away with lesson number 19. I remember Marsha before was like I want to hit, like, hit off with a bang, but, like, I'm definitely not going to. It's going to be, very, like, a very subpar, like, poof at the most, but my <laughs> I think biggest... we've done well. <laughs> my... <laughs> I don't know why that was funny to me. <laughs> my last lesson and probably the biggest thing that I've ever, like, learned in my 
entire life because I learned this like right after my dad died and when you go through something that traumatizing and that heartbreaking you're gonna learn some shit from it and so my biggest takeaway especially from the last year or and a half or two years is that nothing is better left unsaid and if you feel a certain way if there's something you want to express good or bad I mean I actually if you're a racist shut the fuck up but um if there's someone who you appreciate tell them and take your chance to speak up your ideas and your true feelings because one day that person or that moment is going to be taken away from you and you won't have time to process and you won't have time or means or a way to tell them and that's really shitty but that's life I also think like I completely agree with that but on some level I do think sometimes some things are better left unsaid and just like I can just remember a moment especially where I think I shouldn't have said something but I did and I like do have a few regrets on, on that level but I totally get what you mean we did 19 lessons I honestly didn't think at the end that we would get through at the start when I was thinking of this episode idea I was like 19 is easy but I feel like sometimes lessons just come to you on a walk or when you're daydreaming and I didn't write all of them down so yeah I hope at least one of the lessons we talked about has some sort of impact a positive impact on your life and remember to wish Tiara a very happy birthday first of December literally just like ingrain that in your brain at this point <laughs> but yeah i hope you have a wonderful week and we will catch you next week